Welcome back to Double Feature, the IDS film podcast where the powers that be let us in a podcast booth to give you hot takes and maybe some lukewarm ones, too. I'm Chris Forrester. I'm Annie Aguiar. And I'm Alex Hardgrave. Alex Hardgrave. Our guest this week. What do you do, Alex Hardgrave? I'm the business beat reporter for the IDS. I hope you have opinions about movies to share. I do. I really do. Fantastic. (laughs) Telling true stories is hard. There's a delicate balance between adhering to fact and creating something compelling and cinematic. It's hard to get just right without venturing into overt sensationalizing or relentless boredom. For our third episode of Double Feature, we're speaking as journalists first and film fanatics second as we talk about journalism movies, the good, the bad, and the post. (sighs) (laughs) The post. The post. Where do we begin? Annie Aguiar and Chris Forrester of Double Feature fame are not fans of The Post. We are not. Alex, Alex Hardgrave is a fan of The Post. I think I think it's a great movie. It's what, what, do you, what makes what do you, you think like it's a great it? movie? I think it has the right amount of suspense, and then in the character, the character building process is great. I think I think that Meryl Streep is great. In it. I kind of just am a Meryl Streep fan. Meryl so Streep, that might be part of it. Meryl Streep can't be bad at anything that's she does true. ever. She can't, and neither can Tom Hanks, and yeah. neither can. Steven Spielberg, and I think that's one of the reasons that I find that movie so boring is because every element and like person involved in that movie just feels like it's coasting. It's like we know that Steven Spielberg is a great craftsman. We know that he can assemble a really good team of like set designers and cinematographers and editors, actors, and they're all going to give it their best, but they're not really pushing themselves because they can do anything and so you're like yeah that's Meryl Streep giving a good performance but she always does that and I'm bored. I feel like part of the hallmark of the journalism movie genre is the kind of scrappy can do we're fighting for the truth and you have to have that sense of effort that sense of there's something at stake in this case just pure history the washington post weren't the real ones with a thing at stake that was the new york times and this is a bit of historical revisionism that i find really gross in a movie that is all about the importance of going after the truth I think it's extra funny because I was Googling the other day to like, after I rewatched this movie or mm-hmm. rewatched the movie, the second half, because I fell asleep the first time I tried to watch it. Oh, me too. Um, but I was Googling it to read some like reviews of it. And the first thing that came up is the Washington Post's five star review of the post, <laughs> which is like, you know, the Washington Post fan film. God. So... I I just found that amusing. I mean, the New York Times won the Pulitzer for their work with the Pentagon Papers. They're the heroes of this. Arthur Salzberger, the publisher at the time, was the one who really put everything at stake. The New York Times is a family-owned business, and so was the Washington Post, you know, at that time. It's... It just feels very... I feel most journalism movies are rather self-congratulatory. Yeah, but, this one, but this one especially so, and it's that extra bit of... Because you're the second once. It's a second-day story. It's There is something online that was like, it's like if all the president's men gave all the credit to the Times. Yeah. It's What are, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gathering my thoughts. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, the historical part of it is questionable, but... Um, as a movie, I thought it was really good. I don't know. I, I, I guess I like Steven Spielberg, and I, I do feel like it was all them. I agree with what you're saying about them all coasting, but, like, their coasting is still better than, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. some people's oh, best try yes, ever. So. There are some, I don't know. some really, really, really good filmmaking on of this course. Mm-hmm. And I think to play, not that I, like, don't 100% agree with you, but to play a little bit of devil's advocate, 
I sort of understand why Spielberg maybe wanted to take this on because there's also the added element of Meryl Streep's mm. character being the woman who's yeah. sort of scorned for her gender. Oh, of and But I also think that that, as well as some other things, makes it a, it's a topical movie in a really boring way. Mm-hmm. It's like a movie about feminism and lying governments and the value of the truth and like scrappy journalists doing the right thing. All of which it, are, and I know it doesn't feel it's scrappy, not even the which scrappy is why journalists. it's bad because it's, it's a movie about the editors and not the journalists. Who cares? Where the most vital scene in the movie is a guy sitting at a desk and someone brings him the important thing that he needs and is like, what do you do here? I'm a writer here. But I think that all of those things, if you on paper, they work so well. It seems like a movie that was like written for Chris Forrester, but it feels... It I thought I was going to so, like it. I thought it, I was going so to did like I. it. It feels so shallow because it just so clearly wants you to watch this and be like, wow, this is relevant. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, it is ultimately a net good that we do have a movie that had such a high profile and was so noticed come Oscar season, awards season, about the importance of the First Amendment and standing up for press and speaking truth to power and all that. But it's just that we had that a hell of a lot better with Spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm another, not going to argue that, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Another film that I think of as the high standard for all journalism movies <laughs> to pass is the 1990s film The Insider, which I think... And who, who directed The Insider? Michael Mann, <laughs> director of my favorite movie, Heat. Um, but I think that that's such a better movie especially for now, um, and I, I rewatched it and wrote about it recently, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's a movie about not only the journalists who do the hard work to get the facts right and to tell the truth, but the people who are behind the scenes speaking their own truths. It's a movie about a tobacco industry insider coming forward with knowledge that big tobacco has known the whole time that their product is um, dangerous and that they've been like actively working to make cigarettes more addictive. And so it's It's about this man's life just crumbling as big business is coming after him because he knows the truth. And I think in watching that film in the same week as some of the accusations against Kavanaugh were coming forward, it was a really powerful reminder that the journalists are the heroes as much as the the people that they interview and who come forward with the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. It's I before I came here to record this episode of this podcast, I watched the last scene of Spotlight. I am such a Spotlight stan. Oh, I'm such a Spotlight stan also. Oh my god. It doesn't matter how many times I see it, but that cut but that part in the credits with scandals have been here and here and here and just keeps on going is so impactful, especially combined with the ending scene of them all down in the office just as the calls roll in because the job is never done and it's I feel it's less self-congratulatory than some movies because it's a more I feel it's a more humble take despite the clip that they showed come awards season of Mark Ruffalo running to get the documents yeah 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 it's a it's a low-key film. It's people behind desks working on things. It's tense conversations. It's It really does justice to the story, the people who spoke up, the journalists who dedicated so much time to it. And it's really respectful of all the work that went into it in a way that the post just is not. Well, and I think that another thing that I love about Spotlight is that the filmmaking so perfectly, whether by intention or not, reflects what it's really about, which is that it's it's about the sum of its parts. You know, 
the filmmaking wise, there's nothing especially stand out about the editing or the camera work or the performances or the screenwriting or, you know, anything. There's no one element that jumps forward and you're like, wow, that's incredible. Watch this movie for that. But like the team of journalists that it's about and the people that they're talking to, it comes together to create something that just punches you in the gut. Yeah. It's so, so good. As likable as Tom Hanks is, just doesn't compare. Yeah. Well, and another Mm -hmm. thing is that The Post is a movie about editors sitting in rooms talking about the ramifications of decisions. Spotlight is a movie about journalists going out and making those decisions. Yeah, it's... I feel like the post is a boardroom movie masquerading as we stand for valor and the truth and journalism. Oh, but yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. lame. It's lame. I don't want to see people do the, the paperwork post, and talk to investors. It's... The post is the cinematic equivalent of one of those rich people who moves to New York and gets an apartment that like intentionally looks sort of like <laughs> run down and there are like exposed <laughs> bricks on the wall and plants growing on the side of the building to create this facade of like, oh yeah, I'm hardworking and I live the struggle life. Okay, but, but I it does totally live there. Those apartments are beautiful <laughs> though. Oh, I, I would too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you can you can fight us. You yeah, can yeah, yeah. You okay. like the post. You're, you're making valid points, <laughs> though. Like my big thing about the post is honestly like my favorite. It's been a while since I've watched it. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene in it though is that one where like they're all at. I think it's 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 at Meryl Streep's house. I can't even remember her character's name now. Catherine Graham. Catherine yeah. Graham's house, I think, and or they're at Tom Hanks's house. <laughs> one of them. <laughs> okay, um, and they just have like all the papers and stuff everywhere, and they're like, you know, they're like rummaging through it all and they're like trying to write stuff and they're like like that is honestly my favorite scene in the whole thing which is like the one part that I do that I think brings journalism it's which I mean like when like listening to you say that I'm like you're right like it's not really yeah. about the journalists so yeah. like, no, I think that that's that why it probably is that's my a favorite good scene. part of the movie because yeah. it, it like actually shows the characters like doing something and gives you a mm-hmm. sense of like the work and dedication and like and the risk they were the taking yeah. you have to set up taken. offices and yeah. hotel rooms yeah. or whatever uh-huh. like but it's... then another scene that I don't know this just comes to my mind every single time I think about this movie because it irks me so much the scene where the one character is on the plane and he buckles the box <laughs> oh. and the stewardess is like important box and he's like oh it's just uh, government secrets that no. is so dumb like you know Steven Spielberg wrote that into the script so it could be an Oscar clip I think this this movie was written for high school journalism teachers to show in class yeah High School That's Journalism Teachers of America, we leave you with one closing thought about The Post. Show The Insider instead. Or, <laughs> or Shattered Glass. Shout out to oh. Joe Humphrey. I love that movie. I'm okay. sorry. I've never <laughs> seen that movie. Oh, God. I know that, that was on the... You didn't say that that was what we were going to talk about, but I, I was like, if, if that's one week... Bruh, bruh, I love Shattered Glass. I love Shattered Glass. So good. Chloe Sevigny. Ha! Incredible. Okay. So, anyway. <laughs> time to transition to what yes. I feel is a much better movie about Meryl Streep in a leadership role yes. in the media this world. This secret double feature theme is Meryl Streep rules journalism. Media Streep. Mm-hmm. Media Streep, you heard it here, folks. First, we're, folks. We're talking about The Devil Wears Prada. We are talking about The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> How many times have you seen this movie? Once. I watched The Devil Wears Prada for the first time when you added The Devil Wears Prada to the podcast watch list. I cannot tell you how many times I have watched The Devil Wears Prada. It is one of 
my movies. I yeah, the same, <laughs> yeah, same. yeah, definitely. It's just whenever you just like need a need a good pick me up, you're like, I'm gonna watch The Devil Wears Prada. It's such, such oh, a good movie. Oh my god, <laughs> why is no one ready? Oh, the scene with the cerulean sweater is <laughs> the best thing I have ever the, seen. Meryl the dialogue do. and the performance and the uh, delivery in that is so good because I, I really like that performance because she's very powerful and commanding, but it's not in the generic, like, Meh. I'm the lead role in a drama Meryl mm-hmm. Streep performance. It's a very, like, different work for her and that she's, like, quippy and fun, but also kind of scary. It, you're scared of her, but you want her to like you yeah. so yes. thoroughly. She doesn't have to yell to intimidate. <laughs> it's such a powerful figure that she is. And it does speak to when a woman is trying to move forward in the professional realm that you do need to, in some cases, sacrifice an element of humanity, or at least that's that approach. That's that perspective. If you want people to respect you, you have to become hard-hearted. You have to become a figure in order to command any sort of authority in this world, which is one of my... The thing that, when I realized it about movies, made me dislike and like them so much more is that so many movies are just boiled down to Here's a theme, here are different, here's a question, a central question, and here are different answers to that question embodied through different characters. Christopher Nolan's entire filmography. You mean every movie, you mean the setup of all rom-coms ever are the person and then the multiple friends seeing, I think you should do it like this. How about this? It's such a poor thing and this is, this movie says more about feminism and establishing yourself and having to fight for respect than the post ever will. It's well, yeah. because <laughs> the post is too self-serious. And I think that The Devil Wears Prada works, even though I think that objectively those are similar quality movies. Um, boo, boo. Devil Wears Prada is so much better. I would say they're both like three out of five <gasps> for me. But I would, I would rewatch The Devil Wears Prada 70 more times before I ever watch The Post again. (laughs) There you go. Because I have fun watching that. And I think it's a case of it goes for this level of fun where this is never going to be a, like, best picture nominee. This is never going to be a, like, high art, refined, pretentious drama film. But it also, there's so much comfort and, like, warmth and fun in that. Yeah, it's, you're not expecting it to have substance but then it does and you're like oh Mm -hmm. it's just it's a great movie like the soundtrack i was like thinking about the soundtrack to this movie before i came in wait i'm not familiar with the soundtrack as its own being no it's just like 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 vogue and like just they use like the best songs like at the best times and like i just stand like a good movie soundtrack especially from like the time that that movie was made like it was just Two thousand six. Two thousand six. A time. My favorite. One of my favorite things about that movie is how they're all we're fashion forward, but it's two thousand six, so it looks disgusting. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my it's god! Aged so well. It's all belts and mini jackets and just horrid. No, yeah, some of some of the outfits that Meryl Streep is like putting together, and they're like, she knows so much about fashion, and she's putting like this like red bra with like a blue coat and a like pink belt or something, and you're just watching it like Meryl. No, I feel nauseated. I. The one thing, one thing that I know it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing about the movie. It just hurts me and my soul every time. I just want Stanley Tucci to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want for him. That's he's... Stanley Tucci in most things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got... He's in Spotlight. He is in Spotlight. He is in Spotlight. <laughs> Stanley Tucci. The extra <laughs> secret. This is a Stanley Tucci double feature. Oh, my God. Can we talk about EZA? No, we're not going to because she's no. not a journalist. <laughs> 
Stanley Tucci is a guiding light. And He's a great character actor. Yes, mm-hmm. very much so. And I only hope that when I enter journalism, I can find a Stanley Tucci. Yes. I Hopefully it's just Stanley Tucci. I just want to be his friend. But okay, so the genre of journalism movie is very much an established thing ever mm-hmm. since all the president's men showed mm-hmm. up and took over. So it's 2018. It's 2018. Alex Hardgrave, <laughs> you are a freshman journalism yes. major. <laughs> yes. You've decided to come to college to study journalism, and it's a couple months into your freshman year. What role would you say, like, journalism, media about journalism, and the kind of reputation that it has? How has it affected things for you, if it has? Um, I don't know if I can say that, like, watching a journalism movie, like, made me want to mm-hmm. become a journalist or not. Because um, I think I kind of, like, knew that it wasn't the truth. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. that's, like, that's so weird. It's like a journalism movie, like, it should be the truth. But um, I I think that journalism movies, movies about journalism are important. Like, especially in this time where, like, everybody's like, journalists are terrible people. Like, we hate all of them. When you're like, no, like, no, that's not true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I totally get that. And this these movies are positive contributions, I feel, because not every person is going to be inside a newsroom and understand. But if you can watch a movie that kind of gets at that, you have a better shot of understanding it. Devil Wears Prada doesn't do that because it's not trying to. And The Post doesn't do that because it's in a lofty sort of sense about the ideals of speaking truth to power and like everything I talked about earlier. It it does kind of accomplish that, but you don't understand. And it's, it, there's a, yeah, it's okay. It doesn't look like it's running and I got really concerned. No, look, it's good. It's good. It's good. Sorry. I just interrupted you. No, you're fine. There's a real lack of empathy for journalists today. And yeah, I just wish... Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not eloquent. A, a counterpoint because I feel bad about making so many negative comments about the post. It should have been a better movie. That, well, it should have been. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that there's a value to it in that, like, if you take this movie about editors in the age of media scrutiny and you focus on the hard work, the moral and ethical and you know legal questions that they deal with on a daily basis, or especially in that case with such a big scoop, and you show the rigor and dedication to do doing the right thing, balancing the legality against the ethical values. Mm -hmm. I think that there is worth to that in this day and age. Even though Mm -hmm. the post is, like I said, boring because it's so generically topical, I think that that's still a genuine and worthwhile thing to say. I really wanted to like this movie. And hearing about it, I was all set to adore it. And it just fell flat for me because, as I said earlier, I feel it's disrespectful to the people who actually did do this story and who really risked all of this. Like, the guy who first broke and wrote the story for the New York Times gets, like, no recognition. It's all Tom Hanks blustery being, who else is gonna do it, brah, you know? It's... Well, I feel like <coughs> half of this movie is because he wanted to go for that all the president's men Easter egg at the end, and he wanted to have Ben Bradley be a big character in the post because Ben Bradley is a big character in all the president's men, just so that he can set up that one scene at the very end with the security guard finding the tape on the door and alluding Mm -hmm. to Watergate. No, of course. Which is a nice thing, and I appreciate that this movie recognizes 
that it's, as a journalism movie, infinitely indebted to the head honcho of all journalism mm-hmm. movies. But I, I feel it's, this movie is at its core about the Washington Post growing up to be the t- kind of publication that could handle the Watergate scandal. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish that that had been handled better. <laughs> You know? I think a more interesting movie about that would have found a way to balance both stories. But also, I understand why Spielberg didn't want to tackle that, given that there's already one of the, like, quintessential, you know, like... There's no point in making another movie about... There's no point in retelling a story that's already been told in such a beloved way. Yeah. Yeah. Last thoughts? I don't know. Do you want to change your major? Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll see. No. Okay. Sorry. I want to go back to Meryl Streep. Okay. Yes. I will always go back to Meryl Streep. I know that, like, I don't know how you want to edit this later. But, okay. So, the thing I love about, like, The Devil Wears Prada versus The Post, which, like, you can't verse them. Like, they're not the same movie. And I get that. I mean, they are the same movie. Meryl Streep in them is, like, like, she's so different. And Mm. I love that. And I think that shows the two sides of women in journalism almost. And I love that. Like, like in the one here, she's, like, being, like, big, important, you know, like, not very well-liked editor. And then in the other one, like, she has to harden up a bit Mm -hmm. to, like, do what she needs to and, like, do what she knows is right. Yeah. I don't know. It's... Yeah. Journalism is such a traditional male space Mm -hmm. that I'm happy that Meryl Streep (laughs) is in two different movies just presenting as a woman who is so powerful in this kind of thing. And one knows her power and one is growing into it. And both are really important in the conversation surrounding how we include gender. And I just... If we're shouting out great performances in journalism movies, Rachel McAdams in Spotlight. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think that that's probably the best performance in that movie. Yo, definitely, definitely. She's so good. She's so commanding. She's so empathetic. there's, there's, There's... She's commanding but there is that gentleness yeah, to it. There is I think that the almost between fear. Those, she feels so like human and mm-hmm. dedicated. She's so good. And what? the other one that I can't not shout out is Al Pacino in The Insider. <laughs> because the the phone conversation that he has with Russell Crowe. I've never seen The Insider, to, Chris. Well, there's, there's this scene and I don't believe in spoilers for true story movies, but there's this scene where he's concerned about Russell Crowe's well-being towards the like, it's probably two-thirds of the way through the movie and he's like on a like leave because of some stuff that's come up and he's calling Russell Crowe to like just tell him like it's gonna be okay but you know that he doesn't fully believe it and he just has this scene where he's like telling him like no you were a good person you were doing the right thing it's so good and he's like walking further out into the ocean to like keep cell service oh god (laughs) it's a great scene it's the best part of that movie journalism movies as a genre are and this is the one they go off well they go (laughs) off but they're also just so utterly validating for journalists and journalism students oh yeah I'm so happy that like people could go to see this and feel seen and we talk this is a weird sort of representation this is is the most important representation journalists it's really not because all of these movies are very white oh yeah 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 Yeah. yeah. but that's a not not, we're not even gonna get into that oh god journalism is such a white space we're not even gonna get into this all right so that's it for i think what else do we have to talk about the good the bad and the post well in the insider Yeah. The best one. Okay. So we're done. That's all. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next time on... This is not our outro. Oh. We'll make up a new outro. (laughs)
Wait, what's our next? <laughs> our next is the. Oh, we'll just say that next Let's, episode is going into Halloween. Yeah, October. Yeah, you want me to do it? Again? Ooh, spooky episode. You do it. You do it. You do it. Thanks for joining us on this third episode of Double Feature, and we hope to see you next week as we move into Spooky Month, oh. talking about some horror. I'm a big. Let's big fan. Get scared. I have been Annie Aguirre. I still am Chris Forrester. <laughs> and I'm Alex Hardgrave. Go movies. <laughs>